If you're new to the podcast community and you want to start a new podcast and you're looking for a platform that is user-friendly, that has everything you need at your fingertips, that won't set any limits, that you can earn money, then I would recommend Anchor. Now, Anchor can be used basically anywhere. You could be in your car, you can be laying on the sofa in bed where you can edit, um, record, and upload. Um, You can throw in um, soundtracks. You can, I mean, everything is there for you. Now, I use it because, like, it's user-friendly and um, it is free. And I find it really easy to navigate without it being very confusing now most platforms you know before you can even try it out you need to sign up and pick a plan I like anchor because I don't have to go through any of that so I recommend it now if you really want to get into it I recommend you going to your website anchor.fm and you know signing up or you can download anchor.fm from the google store itunes um, and give it a try so don't forget to go to anchor.fm sign up and i'll see you all in podcast community hello and welcome to the seance room where we communicate with our dearly departed And the occasional annoying, frustrating, but friendly office ghost. The seance room is a place where we all come to discuss everything and anything under the paranormal umbrella. So stay with us, join hands, and enjoy the episode. Have you ever wanted a podcast that um, is multifaceted? Um, that your hosts are cool and down to earth. You know, they talk about everything under the sun, including the kitchen sink, but they also are real. You know, well. Let me tell you about table muscles. Now, Rob and Wolf are co-hosts, and Rob is a good friend of mine. Um, they have a really cool podcast that, um, like I said, covers everything. You know, they do conspiracy theories. They do um, shoutouts. They um, support. Uh, an uh, an organization or an awareness um, for the month Um, if you um, are um, going through a rough time you know they make themselves available you know you can hit them up with a direct message on insta their facebook page um I don't know if they have a Twitter yet. 
Um, but they're really cool podcast. Two really down to earth guys that um, keep it real. You know, they're there for you. Um, they talk about a lot of different things. So their podcast has a little bit of everything. Um, make sure you go check them out. It's Table Muscles. They're on every platform. They're on social media. Um, let them know that uh, Miss Hyde from What the Paranormal sent you. And um, go show them some love and, and support. They're fairly new. But, you know, let's show our support. And um, they have a little bit of everything. So, you know, they may have topics that you really enjoy. So go take a listen and see what they have. Don't forget, they're called Table Muscles. And they're on uh, social media. And um, they... Um, are on all the podcast platforms. And don't forget to tell them that Miss Hyde from What the Paranormal sent you over. Thank you for joining us in the seance room. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. And I would like to thank all our new listeners, all our current listeners, and all our future listeners for joining us. With that being said, please like, share, and subscribe our podcast. We are on all platforms from Apple to Spotify to CastBox, soon to be iHeartRadio. So you can probably find us on all uh, podcast platforms. If you have any stories you'd like to share please go ahead and email us at whattheparanormal1977 at gmail.com we'll take a look at your story and we'll read it if you would like to follow us on social media we are on youtube instagram facebook and twitter you can also leave us a message via the anchor app the link will be listed below and with that being said we close the seance room and we hope you all have a good day and keep it ghosting. got the
new Halloween edition of Life magazine, The World's Most Haunted Places, The Creepy, The Ghostly, and The Notorious Spots. Um, and I figured I could read you guys um, or discuss some of the topics in this book. I haven't really gone through it, so this will be the first time I'm going through it. It says it's going to cover Dracula's Castle, the Queen Mary, the Psycho House, the Tower of London, the Shining's Hotel, and the Amityville Horror House. So, let me see. Since this is like the first time I'm actually opening this magazine, because, you know, I didn't want to open it before, because I was waiting for... October. Okay, so it is divided up into um, sections. So there's one, two, three, four, five. Five sections. Um, we have the ghostly and the ghastly of the U.S. and Canada. Scary, spectacular Latin America. Bloody, bone-chilling Asia and Australia. Hair-raising, haunted Europe. And the uncanny, unearthly Africa. Hmm. Well, let's start with Latin America, and then maybe do U.S. and Canada, Europe, Australia, and then Africa last, just depending on my mood and how much I want to go. So, let's start. Now, if I had, um, if I was doing a video to show you guys these pictures in this book are oh my god <laughs> and I mean oh my god so here we go the scary spectacular Latin America from Mayan t Mayan <laughs> Mayan tombs to the Mexican mummies to the underwater temples in the ancient lake Latin America is home to some of the spookiest sites on earth now the the cover or the the page where it has this little uh, section is um, from the Island of the Dolls or in Spanish if you're Latino it's La Isla de las Muñecas um, and it says it's a creepy doll too it's one of those old-fashioned porcelain dolls with you know the eyes are missing and it has a whole bunch of spider webs and cobwebs and yeah it's a creepy looking doll I don't like dolls t per se for the fact, now everybody knows this, and if you don't know this, I don't know what planet you live on, but dolls are vacant vessels. Spirits, demons can possess empty vessels. Just look at Michael Myers. Empty vessel, got possessed. I should be talking about my favorite character in the world. Okay, so it's... It, the caption for this uh, two-page photo of this creepy-looking doll. Um, it says, A doll stares sightlessly in Mexico's Isla de las Muñecas, where an eccentric hermit began collecting the toys to exercise the spirit of a drowned little girl. So let's start. Um, the... Rated Inca tubes, no, tombs, sorry, 
of Machu Picchu. Now, um, it's a beautiful picture. I do seriously. If I could ever go to the Machu Picchu, that's on my definite bucket list. It's beautiful. And pictures taken, you know, in the sunset, right when dusk starts to hit, with the fog coming in. Really beautiful picture. Only if you all can see it. Now, the caption reads for the picture. According to the man who discovered Machu Picchu, Hiram Bingham. Sorry if I butchered that. If you have those names, sorry. <laughs> the locals believed a certain amount of bad luck might happen to their crops. Should they des desecrate the bones of the ancient people buried in the vicinity. That's why the farmers asked for pieces of their bodies. Muscles. They want to eat them, believing this would ward off the curse. Now, as he was uh, about to figure out um, if there was a curse at um, Machu Picchu, then this was it. If something can be possessed, then it can be fought over. Interesting. Okay. So, grave robbing is at best an unholy venture wrote in um, osteologist and Yale University professor George Eden, who was in the position to know. A year after his colleague, Hiram, became the first Westerner to uncover Peru's lost city of Machu Picchu, Eden helped, him, Eden helped a second Yale expedition unearth 52 ancient Inca graves in 1912. In August, Eden and two local I'm not even going to pronounce the name because it's going to be butchered and I don't want to disrespect anybody. So two local guides opened their 26th grave, finding a female skeleton with the knees pressed to her chest. Eden thought it was a body of a priestess and he and, and his unnerved local helpers must have agreed. Soon afterward, one of them did not show up to work, citing pain in his testicles. Damn, Gina, she must have really went after his testicles. The second man disappeared. The fact that the people of Machu Picchu were helping dig up their dead ancestors led them to believe they were cursed. Um, according to Mark Adams, author of the Turn Right at Machu Picchu, um, at least it meant that whatever spiritual significance that remains might have had was gone. Inexplicably abandoned by the Inca four centuries ago, Machu Picchu is the most famous architectural ruin in the West. It is also one of the most mysterious, a fact that has fueled a few more theories. From the scholarly to the superstitious, was it a defensive stronghold or a royal retreat? Was it built by space aliens? Is it a gathering place for the ghost of Inca priests? But this so-called curse may have been lifted. In 2012, Yale University returned to the last batch of artifacts that have been stolen from Peru nearly 100 years before. Okay, so I've heard of Machu Picchu and I've heard that um, it's very haunted. But Oh, 
and it's also a very beautiful place very calming I've been told um, what I don't get is that Westerners go and they discover this beautiful location and instead of letting be they go dig everything up take it with them and then all the superstitious all the occurrences start to happen and people start to freak out now it takes 100 years later for the Yale um, expedition to go back and return everything why did it take so long and why did the people, the the Incas of Peru, why why did they even bother accepting, you know, the um, let's call it a job of guiding these people to the to Machu Picchu, um, helping them dig artifacts up. If that was the case, I wouldn't have done it at all. Period. I wouldn't have done anything because that's ancestors. That's sacred ground. You know? Like, you don't want to dance and defecate and urinate on somebody's grave site. One, that's illegal. And two, that's just wrong. But, if you're like me, I already made my plans that I'm going to dance on all the graves of my extended family members because that's how much I hate them <laughs> and they'll tro probably try to come and haunt me but you know I'm well protected I don't need they can't get to me okay now this other one this other article is um, has been on TV. It's um, been investigated on, I think, Expedition Unknown, Destination Truth with Josh Gates. Um, now, when it was on Destination Truth with Josh Gates, you know, they were doing their night investigation, they heard a lot of, um, like, tools being used and a lot of echoing um, from the quarries and stuff like that. So, I'm curious as to say what this says. The spirit statues of Easter Island. Now, Easter Island is like one of the, another place on my bucket list. But, these statues, I mean, they're freaking huge. Um, these moais. I mean, first and foremost, how long did it take the the people on Easter Island to just carve these moais out of stone, okay? So you figure the stone weighs a shitload. They managed to do all these intricate details on these moais, but then they have to stand up the stone. So you have to stand up this moai you got to transport this moai to wherever it is. Now, 
on Destination Truth, they actually showed a quarry of unfinished moais, you know, like um, partial uh, partial faces, you know, um, that haven't been completely dug out of of the rock. So, about 2,300 miles off the east coast of Chile. Easter Island, otherwise known as Rapa Nui. Oh, I actually got that word right. <laughs> Rapa Nui is an isolated patch of deforested volcano volcanic land that is one of the world's most remote. God, I cannot speak today. Oh, let's try that again. <laughs> About 2,300 miles off east, off the coast of Chile. Easter Island, otherwise known as Rapa Nui, is one of the isolated patch of deforested volcanic land and is one of the world's most remote inhabited islands. Call, oh hell no. Call the Tepiltihanua, the navel of the world, um, by its Polynesian settlers. It is best known as a site of hundreds of Moai, the iconic Stoneheads. Kind of like Stonehenge. Okay. Sculpted from the volcanic rock between the 10th and 16th centuries, the, pro the Moai probably honor the islanders' ancestors. No two heads are the same. Many were somehow moved from the island's quarry to its perimeter, even though they weigh up to 80 tons. See what I mean? How the hell did these people move these 80-ton volcanic rock sculptures to where they rest now. How do they stand them up? Inquiring minds want to know. Or, I want to know. No one knows for sure how this feat of prehistoric engineering was accomplished. See, I told you so. But some of the island's 5,000 inhabitants insist the statues walked or even flew into place. Animated by mana. Now the rock uses a lot of the mana in his in his um posts on Instagram and Twitter. So go follow the rock. He has two million followers. Okay now getting back to my um to my story. Um a, a kind of spiritual force. Some claim they've seen apparitions or heard ancient voices near the Moai. Others suggest that the heads were removed by extra, extra, extraterrestrials, but we'll leave that to the UFO theorist, Eric Von Danken. Now, the island's history is creepy enough without the paranormal overlay. The original population may have grown too quickly, leading to the dwindling of natural resources. Sound familiar here? There is even evidence of cannibalism. Ooh. But recent theories suggest that an infestation of Polynesian rats may have brought the people to their collective knees. All of this is, of course, enough to give even Stephen King nightmares with around the moving statues. Now, if the if it's a case of Polynesian rats, then it's something like the Black Plague would have happened on Easter Island. 
because from what I read years ago um, Easter Island was full of trees full of I mean it was beautiful but they started to um, harvest a lot of the trees and pretty soon they were with stuck with nothing now I think it was a mistake on their part not to replant trees or to regrow their their forest um, at least it would give them you know a source um, later on on the episode with um, Destination Truth I forgot the name of the cameraman he was um, standing at night at night doing their investigation they were hearing all these weird noises and he literally took his shirt off and went crazy and they asked him what's going on you know what's going on what's going on what's wrong and he said that he felt hundreds of hands on him they also said that there was a lot of orbs and lights um, flashing from the quarry where the Moai were resting and then they would you know you could see them like jet like run to the quarry and you could hear a lot of people in there working so um, I wouldn't say Easter Island is a place I want to go but it has high high levels of uh, high levels of paranormal activity now the next one I actually want to go there um, these particular beings are encased in the like a glass cabinet and um, they are maintained very delicately because some of these are like hundreds and hundreds of years old so city of the plundered dead the mummy museum or it's known as El Museo de las Momias in Spanish in Guanajuato Mexico okay now <laughs> um, some of these mummies are creepy looking like yeah I don't know how to describe it so these pictures in this Time Magazine book are so fucking awesome okay so this particular picture I'm looking at has one two three four five six seven mummies right off the bat um, you know two are in some form of casket um, all bandaged up in their clothes what they wore I mean like if this if these shits were to rise 
and become zombies, I'd be fucking running for my life. Because I literally don't know how these mummies stayed so well. Like the main mummy in the cover, you can see this dude's beard, all his facial hair, you know, his hair on his head, his eyebrows, um, you can see his teeth, like he's like, it's crazy, and his skin actually looks like a t-shirt, serious, this shit is crazy. Some of the mummies on display at the Mummy Museum in Guanajuato, Mexico. They experienced so wounded and terrified me that it could hardly wait to flee Mexico, said Ray Bradley, Bradbury um, after he took a tour of the site. Now, there's another picture of another mummy, female. Um, you can tell that her clothes you know, at one point, fit her really good. She still has her hair. She still has it in braids. Um, except she looks like she's screaming. Because her mouth is open, like, ah, you know, kind of thing. It's fucking crazy. I mean, I've heard of those momias, you know. They've had movies, you know, my favorite Mexican wrestler, Santos contra las momias de Guanajuato. You know, they have a lot of, um, this museum has been in a lot of movies in Mexico. So, um, crazy. Crazy is what I say. Now, um, in the world, in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes, according to Ben Franklin. Now, and the two were once gruesomely combined in the silver mining town of Guanajuato, Mexico. Now, between 1860 and 1958, relatives were forced to pay a tax to keep their dead, dead loved ones buried in Santa Paula Pantheon Cemetery. Now, if they couldn't afford the fee, the bodies were removed from the tombs and stored elsewhere. Now, because of the dry, hot climate and the fact that the corpses have been kept in airtight crypts, some of the unearthed souls have become well-preserved mummies. That's why they look so freaking weird. Now, when curious locals began asking to see the bodies, workers started charging the for the questionable privilege. Now, um, that was the beginning of the Museo de las Momias de Guanajuato, which opened its doors in 1969. Damn, this is like 30 some, 40 some years. The, the museum showcases more than 100 mummies in climate-controlled climate glass cases that grew some grimaces the result of harning tongues, slacking jaws. No, they were not buried alive, as some have suggested. There is even a row of babies called Angelitos y Santitos, dressed as angels and saints, respectively. Okay, that's just creepy in itself. You already got creepy mummies. But then you dress up these babies in, as angels and saints? Oh, that's even creepier. The museum also contains what is 
believed to be the smallest mummy in the world, the remains of a 24-week-old fetus. Wherever dead bodies have been disturbed, you can pretty sure there was a ghost stories, and there's and this place is no exception. People have reported seeing the apparitions of a tall lady, hearing, hearing strange whispering sounds, and the cries of babies in the building. Perhaps trying to justify the display, the mummy museum is careful to say that death is more widely accepted and even celebrated in Mexico than in many other places. Fair enough, but it's disconcerting to buy sugar skulls and souvenir effigies of mummies in a place where, not so long ago, impoverished people couldn't even pay to keep their loved ones buried. Now, um, Extremo Paranormal, Extreme Paranormal, um, as a Mexican paranormal show. They actually did an investigation in the in the museum, and yeah, you could hear footsteps. You could hear things being moved. You can hear cries. You can hear, you know, people talking. So it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I watched I watched paranormal TV shows in Spanish too. Um, there hasn't been really any English ones that attract me, but a lot of the, well, the extreme paranormal in Mexico, they do a lot of cemetery uh, investigations and, you know, a lot of the old places that, um, um, my mom are extremely haunted. The next one. Now, we all know that Mexico is also famous for its pyramids. Um, if you don't know, Mexico does have pyramids. Um, they're, they're like by the Mayan and the Aztecs. So they have pyramids, okay? So, um, this is a... It's actually a really pretty sunset picture of the ancient Mayan city of Chichen Itza with the El Cucucan Pyramid named one of the new seven wonders of the world in 2007. Now, mind you, a lot of words in, in Spanish come from the Mayans and the Aztec. So I'm going to butcher it as it is. As it is, I have trouble pronouncing certain words in Spanish. Now you want me to pronounce words from the Mayan time? Yeah, that's not going to work. I'm going to butcher it like there's no tomorrow. So the heavens and the hell of the Chichen Itza. I said that wrong, but oh well. In this so-called Dresden Codex, one of the four existing pre-Columbian Mayan manuscripts, you'll find the hieroglyphic deviation calendars, descriptions of New Year ceremonies, instructions on how to find the local ring god, Chak. The codex was also created sometime between AD 1200 and 1250 by the astronomer priests who spent dark hours observing the heavens from the observatory on Chichen Itza. 
in Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula. Dubbed El Caracol, the snail, the observatory is where most hauntings in modern Chicha Itza are said to occur. As I strolled down the corridor, I saw a man eyeing me, one tourist is quoted in the International Directory of Haunted Places. They actually have a directory of haunted places? Wow, I didn't know that. He was angry about being there. I sensed that he was not a priest or astronomer, but rather some kind of assistant. Odd because the observatory was probably not a place of bloodshed, unlike the great ball court, where the lethal game was played, the leader of the losing team was sacrificed, his severed skull used as a mold for the next ball. Cool. I read that. I read something about the great uh, ball court where um, I guess they had like a um, circles that would come out of the sides of the walls and it had a hole in them and they would try to get the ball through the hole. So it's kind of like soccer um, meets basketball. So, you know, like it's real cool when they had um the it's the that one scene from Apocalypto um where the two teams go at it and you know there's like a, a court if you've seen Apocalypto you know what I'm talking about and they try to get the ball through these little holes these small holes yeah that's that's Apocalypto um, so it's really cool. And recently, the skeletons of six sacrificed humans, including two children, were unearthed from Chichen Itza's Cenote Sagrado. So, Cenote, um, is like a, a cave filled with water. So, at one point, um, this whole Yucatan Peninsula is full of cenotes so people would uh, archaeologists would literally uncover these huge underwater caves and um, at one point they said that these cenotes were above ground but you know with the water table and moving up and down they became um, underwater caves and there's this one archaeologist who, um, again, with uh, Josh Gates from uh, Expedition Unknown episode, they went into the cenote and they saw a sacrifice um, altar, sacrificial altar, and it still had its, you know, human skulls and everything because it's underwater and everything was well maintained. Um, the skulls, artifacts, and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. Um, a volcanic hole leading to an underground water source. Sorry, my dog wants to get under the blanket. But he's being a punk right now. Um... Now, they, so, 
um, like I said, Josh Gates and this archaeologist, a Mexican archaeologist, who um, specialized in the Yucatan Peninsula, especially the Mayan uh, tombs and stuff like that, they went underground and they found that whole um, sacrificial altar. Now, um, the cenote may have been considered a portal to Chibalba. Chibalba. Like I said, I'm butchering it because it has an X um, in the beginning, so sometimes the X makes that ch ch Just kidding. <laughs> that ch sound. So trying to figure out if it makes it in this word or if it doesn't. I don't know, but um, it makes <laughs> my dog is being stupid. Sorry. Like I'm laying down, you know, doing my episode because my back hurts, and <laughs> this dog is so dumb. <laughs> he wants to get under the blanket. He's literally like moved the blanket all over the place, and he's trying to get in. And I'm letting him in, but he's being stupid. But I, I love my Dodger. Because he's my Dodger. He's my demon dog. Every witch needs a, a sidekick, and demon dog is my sidekick. So, gotta love my demon dog. Okay, so, get back to my story. <sighs> Sorry, I gotta adjust my mic. Alright, now back to it again. Um, is the Maya, the Maya underworld where Chuck lived? Right, so I'm, I'm assuming that Chuck um, was god of the underworld like Hades and stuff like that. Now a major urban center since 8750 or so Chichen Itza probably began to decline in 1000. Arriving in the 1500s the Spanish conquistadors destroyed most of the codices, damning them to the devil's books. But thanks to the Dresden Codex, directions to Chuck's domain survived, along with perhaps the spirits of the ancient astronomers. Now, again, I'm apologizing because I am of Latin descent. Um, but some of these words are like, yeah, no. Um, so yeah, the Mayans had the cenotes where if you were to um, look at it from like a drone looking down, you can see the cenotes that uh, radiate out from the center of this one pyramid, the main pyramid. You can literally go in every direction and you will come across the cenote. It's pretty cool. It's really cool. <laughs> the next one is where gods are made. Tetuklikan. Looking down the, the street of the dead at the Tetuklikan archaeological site, the pyramid of the moon in the distance the street was named because of the structures that flanked it initially and wrongfully thought as tombs. The area is where the main excavations have taken place. Now, there's also another temple 
But this temple has the freaking thousands and thousands and thousands of steps that people actually climb up and it's like massive and a lot of people don't even make halfway because of so many steps so this is known as where the where gods are made about 30 miles outside of mexico city lie the ruins of the pre-columbian teotihuacan god man these names once one of the largest and most influential cities in the world built between the first and seventh centuries no one is sure um, by whom or why the civilization mostly disappeared after 750, possibly after an all-consuming fire. Now this is where the Aztecs roamed. Now, when the Aztecs rediscovered the abandoned spot in the early 14th century, they were stunned by the grandeur calling it the place where gods are made, or the city of gods. Crazy. But it was also the city of death, filled with evidence of human and animal sacrifice, clearly making it a spot of both brutal and sacred sacrifice significance. Sorry. Some of its mysterious and not exactly supernatural gold-colored spheres were discovered hidden in the tunnel beneath the temple of the feathered serpent in 2013. Now, um, if you look up these particular pyramids and temples you see a lot of these um serpents and a lot of around the, the the temples you have serpents made out of uh very block kind style serpents so they um, i think the serpent was like a god or something like that um yeah the temple of the feathered serpent and, and um liquid mercury that may indicate the presence of a tomb that was found in 2015. But a few visitors claim to have seen ghosts. Others have spotted perhaps inedible, if undocumented, UFOs over the pyramids. Purplish smoky streaks have appeared in photos. Um, I've had a friend who actually went here. And he was shit-faced, drunk. And he went to visit at night and he said he heard a lot of um, like chants like people in the background um, you know when how do I how do I say this okay let's go back to when the kings lived and you know when they would go out and speak to their their peasants you know the lesser people People would be chanting and yeah, 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 whatever. That's what he heard. He heard a lot of screaming. He saw a lot of orbs floating around and a lot of streaks that would just, you know, he thought they were uh, fireflies because of the way they were moving quickly. But it turns out that it wasn't neither. Um, let me see. Um, fatal shores of Lake Titicaca. <laughs> Titicaca. Now, 
the shores of the mysterious Lake Titicaca. Um, Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> okay. So this is how it how it starts, and I find it uh, a bit intriguing. You're floating 100 feet below the surface of an ancient lake when, through the watery gloom, you see shapes of things that don't seem to belong there: a terrace, a wall, algae-covered staircase, lost in the depths, and a road leading to nowhere. Sounds like a dream? Or a scene from the latest Indiana Jones film? Maybe. But it actually happened in 2000 when scientists uh, discovered the long-rumored pre-Inca ruins of a 660-foot-long, 160-foot-wide temple under Lake Titicaca, an ancient body of water high in the Andes Mountains on the border of Bolivia and Peru. Now, I've heard of Lake Titicaca but I mean I didn't think that an actual temple was underwater but then again if cenotes have um, sacrificial altars underwater then this could be true the flooded temple is just one of many mysteries surrounding this lake, not least of which the remains of Tiahuaco. I'm just going to go with Tia because this name is like 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 13, 16 letters. And I'm not even going to. Yeah, no, I'm not even going to try because I'm going to fuck it up. A sacred ceremonial center stage in Titicaca's southern shores. Now, Tia reached its peak between A.D. 400 and 900 before collapsing in the first half of the 12th century. Like the submerged temple, some of Tia's ruins are underground. In March of 2015, a buried pyramid was found. So, the Mayan had temples above ground and some way, somehow, I'm assuming a flood had happened and the Incas? Were they the Incas? The Incas built this city, I guess, somewhere between two, at the, I guess, at the bottom of, uh, like, surrounded by hills and mountains. And I guess a flood happened and Lake Titicaca was formed. I don't know. I'm just, while guessing it, I'm not, you know. Um, though some have said the Inca built the city, probably predates them by at least a thousand years. The Inca believed Lake Titicaca was the birthplace of the sun and there were its children. Some have suggested that the Egyptians were somehow involved in the construction. Wait, how the hell did the Egyptians get involved in this shit? And the ghost of ancient race has reportedly been seen in the environs, particularly inside the Calcinia, one of the ruins' main buildings. In T lie the ruins of Pompagnucu, 
thought by some to have been built by aliens. Now, why is it that every bloody pyramid was built by aliens? Can somebody let me know? The Great Pyramids of Egypt built by aliens. Machu Picchu built by aliens. The pyramids of the Mayans, Chichen Itza and Tetukikan built by aliens. Why is it? Ancient megaliths seem to automatically signify the presence of otherworldly astronauts. But UFOs has been, been spotted all over the lake where, so the legend goes, the sun sent the founders of the Inca civilization. Again, what is up with the aliens? Like, they keep saying the aliens created this, the aliens created that, aliens created the, the, the periods of Mexico, and, you know, the Peru, and between Peru and Bolivia. So, I'm curious. I want to know. I want to know. Where do we get the idea that aliens did this? Oh, and aliens of Easter Island. Well, technically, you can say the aliens probably had something to do with it. But then again, we don't know. Because we did not live in that time period. So, I think Mexico has some pretty cool haunted, or Latin America, I'm sorry, I apologize, has some really cool places like if you ever want to go cave diving I know the United States has a lot of uh, underwater caves uh, but Mexico especially where the pyramids are they have some beautiful beautiful cenotes um, and a lot of them are accessible to people I mean it's like a real walk to get to them but the water is crystal clear um, it's warm water uh, some of the cenotes have waterfalls some of them have its own um, uh, ecosystem you know um, a lot of there's this one cenote I forgot where it's located um, at what temple or what pyramid but it had like it has its it's like that Vietnam um, cave where it has its own ecosystem within an ecosystem. This cenote has its own like mini rainforest um, growing on one side where the sheer blue water was on the other side. Crazy. I mean, when I mean crazy, I mean pictures of this particular. Cenote is crazy. You see pe people going down stairs just to go for a swim. And a lot of the cenotes that I've seen pictures of and videos of um, have a gate so people won't go in there without, you know, proper uh, 
uh, supervision because again a lot of these are so far down you know 100 200 300 feet you know and a lot of these have people just stationed every so often because if you fall and you get hurt there's no one going to help you you know so um people can actually either pay to go into these huge cenotes or um, there are smaller ones um, where you have to like literally to get into it you need a, a rig set because you need to be lowered into it it's not like the other ones where you know you walk down into the cenote um, some cenotes you have to be lowered into it or if you're ballsy enough and you want to dive you know 200 feet you know jump 200 feet to hit the water that's cool but just because the water's clear doesn't mean that it's not shallow so I, I wouldn't do that besides I'm scared of heights nope wouldn't do that at all mm -mm. no thank you so that was our episode on Latin America hope you enjoyed it don't forget the month of Halloween more scary stories will be coming up I actually had an experience um, two nights ago a night ago last night night before um, and yeah that that'll be another story for another day uh, but you all have a safe and fun Sunday. <laughs>